Okay, guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always, well, actually, we've got something a little bit different this week. So, Matt, obviously, being on his honeymoon, he's uh, away in Milan or Greece or Spain or wherever in Europe. So, I've got Brody joining me again this week. Brody, thanks for coming in, mate. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Uh, at least you didn't pick someone else off, like, you know, the extended bench scrap heap after <laughs> one week. So yeah. Not picking up someone else off the waiver wire, mate. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all you, buddy. So um, we're uh, we're going to dive straight into the games in a moment. But how did your round of fantasy footy go this week? I think most we both planned accordingly to an extent with the buy rounds, right? Um, something I've always liked to do is load up with round 12 premiums so you kind of crush everyone else with the 13 and 14. <laughs> um, and that didn't work for me. No, oh, this no. week, <laughs> my score reflected that I did that. Yeah, I so. think we both scored about the mid to high 1800s, which wasn't particularly great. I think it was close to par, if not just below. I feel like it was below because I moved down. So, there there yeah. were some big, big scores this week. I, I know a couple of our, our podcast listeners out there were getting 2100s or 2200s because obviously we're going to be going through these games in a minute and there were some huge scores from our premiums. Yeah. Massive scores. And in saying that, there were some shitty scores as well. So yeah. let's dive in, shall we? The only consolation with the rankings is at least you've been brought back to earth this week. A Mr. little bit, fifteenth yeah. in Australia. A it's little now bit. A very, very humbling. It was. It was fifteenth for the week. It wasn't fifteenth yeah. overall. Okay. Let me just say that because if I was fifteenth overall at any point in the competition, Your head wouldn't fit in oh the my studio. god! Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll dive into the first game of the round, which was Geelong versus the Tigers. This was a bloodbath after quarter time. It was ridiculous. Mm. And it was reflected in the fantasy scores as well. I mean, Paddy Dangerfield, 162. Owners would be over the moon, but people who were waiting for his round 13 buy, like me, wouldn't be particularly happy with that. <laughs> yeah. um, but he just went massive, and so did Mitch Duncan with 144, Tim Kelly, 129. I mean, Gary Ablett, Tom Stewart, Guthrie all broke the ton. And even Lukey Dalhouse had a 96 in there, which would be great for draft league owners. Uh, it was just an absolute shellacking. And I, I really... I would say that we don't have to look into this too much because of how big a loss it was. But then again, Geelong have just been this good all season. Geelong are clearly the best team in the competition. Yeah. And um, there are really... I mean, you just want players on that team in draft leagues fantasy. It doesn't really matter. Absolutely. It, when it's happened for half a season, it's mm-hmm. kind of at that point where it, this is not just like, you know, a blip on the radar. This is going to continue happening. And... Um, it, like people will consider Dangerfield and Kelly, they have them already. But this is the point in time where we're going. Maybe Duncan, maybe Ablett, maybe these are the guys who should be brought in. That's the thing. And Ablett's had a couple of good weeks in a row. So he's and with that, uh, with the break. So obviously with the suspension, he uh, he's got a buy this week. They shouldn't need to rest him up, considering the fact that they also have a a week off in between the end of season and finals. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit more interested in Gary Ablett than I was at the start of the season. I'm still not 100 percent sure that there's a there's a few good forwards out there now that Dusty Martin has hit form, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, there's a lot of good forwards out there. Yeah. It, it feels like. If we had gone maybe two months ago or a month ago, the forward line was desolate. There was, oh, it was, a, it was a wasteland. There was three or four who you were comfortable with, and it's completely changed now. Guys like Dusty, Siebel, Ablett, yep. all emerging, Walters, it, it's provided a lot more options. It's probably the position I feel the most comfortable with now. So, <laughs> Sadly, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and... Would you say, just quickly before we move on to Richmond, because, I mean, it was just such a, a smashing by the Cats. We don't need to go into this too much, but... 
Is it too much to have Dangerfield, Duncan, Kelly, and a fourth Geelong player in your salary cap side? No, I, I'm, I've never been someone who's subscribed to the too many players yeah. from one team. What about you? No, not particularly. When they're doing so well... Uh, or when they're a particularly fantasy-friendly side. I mean, Collingwood, not just this year, but years gone past, I've had four or five players sometimes, you know, Grundy, Trelaw, Crisp, these sorts of guys. Pendlebury, um, there was just so many of them. So if, if it's a particular team, no, at the team that's at the top of its fantasy game. But if we're talking about a middling team, like maybe a West Coast, if you're thinking about bringing in Gaff and Yo and Hearn and maybe a fourth, then I would be suggesting that's too many. Uh, but not Geelong, and not Collingwood either, for that matter. They would be teams that would be exclusions to the rule for me. Perfect. Um, so we'll move over onto the Richmond side of the ledger. Not too much to look at here, apart from the two premiums, Hooley and Martin, for me. I mean, Hooley just keeps getting it done. He was fantastic in this game, and he had a slower start than last week. I think he was on about 30 points 10 minutes into the first quarter last week, and this quarter he really struggled to get up there, but still broke the ton. And Martin... He didn't get as many goals this week. What did he have? One goal, one, and he still got 100, which was great to see. He's getting huge midfield minutes. Mm. I think he'd be very close to leading the team in center bounce attendances if he isn't already. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great option. He's kind of got a bit of that dusty swag back. And... Yeah. Well, he had the six clearances as well to go along with that. doesn't really make matter for us, but it was great to see him getting those midfield minutes. Um, just quickly, Patrick Nash as well. He was fantastic. Did you have a chance to watch much of this game? Yeah, I did. I think you would agree with me on mm. this. Is The reason we probably didn't advise to get Naish, it had nothing to do with his scoring ability. Mm-hmm. He's shown in under-18s in the BFL yep. that he can score. So it's not too surprising in that. Um, it was all about job security. It's job me. security. And we, we know he would have gone out for yep. Ellis. But given how well he's played, maybe he won't now. Mm. I got, I got a little bit kissed this week, so I had the decision over whether to bring in Naish or Cumming. Uh, is it Cumming? Isaac, Isaac Cumming? Cumming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Isaac Cumming or Naish into my team. And it was 50-50 right until the end, and I went with Naish in the end because I wanted the extra you know, 70-odd it's K, a lot of money, yeah. which, it, which is quite handy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, when Whitfield does come back into the side, Cumming is going straight out of the team anyway. But that's four to six. Yeah, I see. I opted for Cumming because his job security mm-hmm. was better. The buy rounds, you need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt Nay should go straight back out this week. Comes to my bra- head, I think there's still a chance he does, but there, there he is, played but very well. He was in the top five for this for the team this week. He was one of the top five best players for Richmond. Uh, if he loses his spot, I think that's a big misjudgment mm-hmm. by um, by Damian Hardwick. I agree. Because there are a lot of others who have the name value, like Jack Higgins... Uh, Noah Bolter in there to some extent, Jacob Townsend. They were woeful in this game. I mean, they just did absolutely nothing. So if those sorts of players hold their spot in the team over Naish, I think that's a bit of a misjudgment there. I believe he deserves to hold 100%. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he'd be extremely stiff to miss this week. So if you even get him for one more week, that's all you (laughs) wanted as an owner. Exactly. So it justifies that move and makes it the correct one overcoming, Mm -hmm. which... Um, the coming owners out there, sorry for any advice to get him. Yeah, it's well, it's surprising. I would have thought coming would have outscored him yeah. quite significantly, and I bought him in just for the cash generation. Sure. But hey, you know he outscored him in the end. It's a bit of a weird one. Um, Brandon Ellis is the one who's back this week, mm-hmm. so he will force someone out the team. Yeah. Um, if you're going from the same role, it will be Nash. But if it's if 
they switch it up. Townsend was worst on ground, so mm-hmm. hopefully, and, and they could goes. they could actually do something like maybe Higgins goes back to the VFL for a bit of a rest. I can't see that. Yeah. I I wouldn't have thought so either. It's just the too big a name. But then again, he was pretty bad, and if Nash loses his spot, considering how much better he played, I mean, yeah, I I, I feel like that's poor I coaching. I think Rioli would go before Higgins. Um, really? Dan Rioli over He's been Higgins. dropped a couple times this yeah, year. Yeah, I guess. That, that would be the reason. I think they really like Higgins, and mm-hmm. Higgins doesn't have the big stat game sometimes, but he has such an impact still, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be really shocked if he went. I'd, I'd be thinking, yeah, maybe a Butler or a Bolter, uh, yeah. Bolter Rioli instead. Well, we've spoken about that, yeah, <laughs> about spoken about that way, way too long. long. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get on to the uh, the next game of the round, which was Brisbane versus Carlton. And God knows where this came from. I get, mm. It's just basically whenever your coach leaves and you get a new coach in, uh, just caretaker coach, you seem to win the next game. That's the, uh, that's the form that's going this year so far. So Carlton got up in the end. Massive score from Paddy Cripps, who we were absolutely bulldozing last week, suggesting that, you know, although he was the last one of a list of players that you needed to look at getting out, particularly with his having the last buy, he was still someone that we thought you might need to look at some stage at moving on, maybe Uh, in round 14. Yeah, I was pretty steadfast in not getting rid of Cripps this week. Absolutely not. We we didn't say last Um, week, and we said... It, you should absolutely keep him until he's by. See what he does in those couple of weeks. And this has just proven what he can do. We know how good Paddy Cripps is. And and yeah, 151 on the park. He was everywhere. Four the, goals. The four goals is incredible. There'll be a lot of quests or a lot of people wondering, do we bring him back in now? Now he's got one week until the bye. You're, you're shaking your head. Nope. He, Christian is furiously shaking his nope. head at the other end of the table right no, now. No, I think that's a... I mean, don't get me wrong, and he's he's at his cheapest point now. Yep. This is the cheapest you will yep. get him, but that saving is not worth him being out that week. Yeah. It's it's just not worth it one week out from the buys, I would suggest. We had very similar advice to um, one of our um, listeners asked about getting Gus Brayshaw back yes. in last week. Yes, um, Even now, that's justified. He would have got a fantastic score this week, mm-hmm. but... It's one score before the bye. And imagine how much better you're going to feel now getting him after the bye with one more, you know, you've got more to the sample size. Yeah. And you've got a really good score. Imagine if he had come out and got 70 mm-hmm. and you've wasted a trade and got someone on the bye. I don't like it at all. So have a similar mindset with Crips. Mm-hmm. Don't get him. You get one more week to view, see how he does, and then you can make that decision. I guarantee that they're not going to just let Paddy Cripps run completely free either in this game. So they're playing the Bulldogs. Someone will at least try and look after them. Even if not, they'll play the Bont head-to-head against him and he won't have quite as easy a time as he did in this game. So while, yes, he's probably likely to get another 100, 110, maybe 120, Yeah, he's not going to put up as big a score, I wouldn't say. And I think that it's just not justified saving that extra 30K or 35K, whatever he goes up this week. Um, to bring him in one week before his bye. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think the other thing is when you're missing Cripps this week, it really hurts. Mm. You're sitting there going, oh, like, I, I rate him so much. He's such a great player. And you feel stupid missing a 150. But as someone who owns him in a keeper league, you will get the lower scores because he probably gets paid more attention to him than any other player in the competition. Because there's no other Carlton players. There's, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some good youngsters in there, but there's no other top-level Carlton players on the park exactly. at the moment. Exactly. So when it's bad, it can be really bad. You don't quite have that high floor of other premiums. 
he's not necessarily a must-have top eight just because he had one great game. But uh, but yeah, definitely someone to look at after his buy, depending on price um, and whether or not it fits into your side. <laughs> what the hell are you playing? I am on fan footy uh, looking at scores <laughs> right now for anyone who got that. And uh, that? Google has automatically brought up an ad. Um, I can't reopen it. it, it if you, uh, uh, no, don't, don't open it. I don't know. There were, there were people driving in a car. They seemed enthused. But, oh, <laughs> God. Just as surprised. That was fantastic. All right, we'll move on to the next player, which I want to mention quickly, Sam Walsh. I mean, you own Sam Walsh in a keeper league. Do I need to leave the room for a minute for you to quickly talk about him? I'm good. You're all right? I'm a very, very fortunate person to have had the number one pick. Um, oh, yeah. Which is a topic we won't bring up how the Premier got the number one pick. But, uh, yeah, look, he's, oh, a, he's a fantastic player. I have a quick hot fire um, question for you. Mm-hmm. Startup Keeper League. Yes. Where do you take Sam Walsh? First round? First round. First for, round. For absolutely first round. Uh, oh, actually, oh. Because you've got everyone in the competition to yeah, choose that's, from Yeah, that's really tough, actually. I would I would need to take some time to build up a list because, obviously, you've got players like... That's, it was a quick-fire question, Chris. Oh. You've got to answer on um, the spot. All right, if, the there's, if there's 10 people in the yeah. league, yeah. no, I wouldn't take them first round now that I think about it uh, because there are a lot of other incredible players. I mean, you've got to fit players like Jake Lloyd into that... Um, Tom Mitchell when he comes back. He's Andrew six, Gaff. seven years younger than them. Keep that in yeah, mind. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. That is and he's that is now. incredible. Like, yeah, that's true. He'd be d- definitely top twenty for me. Definitely. Oh yeah, I put him in the top twenty. But does he get forced out by some of these other you know top line players who can almost guarantee you wins in the next you know three to four but years? But he will be that player. Like, and, and he'll be it soon as well. This is a really tough question. I've never seen someone be so dominant in their first year or as an 18, 19 year old. Mm-hmm. For me, I honestly believe he'd be in my top 10 players in a startup keeper, which would, is incredible. That all right, would you take him over Jake Lloyd in a startup keeper league? <sighs> no, because I... Oh, you put me on the spot. I yeah, love I my know. defenders. Yeah, I love you put me defense. on the spot, mate. <laughs> I honestly reckon I probably would, Christian. Jake Lloyd's like 26. Mm-hmm. Give me Sam Walsh. Give me Sam, Sam Walsh? Yeah, give me him there. Yeah. Wow. What about Brody you? Grundy. Who would you take? Grundy's number one. I'd take I'd take Lloyd first. I'd take Lloyd over him. Over Brody Grundy? Uh, no, 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 no. Over uh, over yeah. Sam Walsh. Okay. Um, okay, Josh Kelly. Uh, see, I think I go Walsh. Tim the, Taranto. I go Taranto. I, I go Taranto. Everyone over Walsh. will say Taranto. I like Walsh's first year has been way better than Taranto's, and, and I think it's really close. You've got players like uh, Lockie Whitfield to remember in there. Um, uh, Braden Fiorini, Laird, yeah. those sorts of guys. Yeah. There's a lot of and Zach Merritts. There's there's a ton of guys who you should be considering at the top. Uh, we've talked about this for way too long, so we're going to move on because I don't like talking for Col- about Carlton for too long in yeah. general. But yeah, it's it, a really it's interesting really question. And tough. I, just for anyone in a startup keeper in the next few years, um, something I benefited from when we had our startup is I took Bont or Crips when they were in their second year because mm-hmm. they slid to about round five as a result. When those averages aren't high on the board, people, they take the the current high averaging players. You can get a bit of a bargain Absolutely. if you grab those guys a few years before they hit their breakout and then you have them three years from now and you just continue to contend. So yeah. it, it's a really good strategy in my opinion. It's something I'd look mm-hmm. into. So players like you should be looking at uh, late but still taking maybe a, a round earlier than his average obviously yes. would suggest someone like Jackson Haitley. Who, who will absolutely be coming on at some stage. 
Um, Bailey Smith, Bailey Smith, um, Andy Brayshaw, yeah. like a couple of years before their break, yeah. before they really break out. Okay, we'll move on uh, quickly. Just on Michael Gibbons, he's been underrated as a uh, as a rookie price player this year. He's consistently gone up generally every single week. He's still. Uh, his break-even is lower than his average at the moment. He's been perfect to get us through the bye. So I just wanted a quick shout-out for Michael beat, Gibbons. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, just been that heartbeat, and he's going to be about 420, 425k when we trade him out. One guy, yeah, definitely agree on Gibbons. One guy I want to focus on is Ed Kono. Um, oh, yeah. Ed he's not a sexy pick at all, but Ed Kono's not anything playing, pick. <laughs> yeah, a very forward-based role this yeah. year. This game, he was right back in the guts. Mm-hmm. They moved him on to Neil after Neil had a very, very hot start, close to 100 at the half for Neil. And Ed Kerner really made a difference, attended a lot of center bounces, mm. and I think had too good of an impact. I think he'll play mid from now on or could for the next few I'd games. I'd suggest so, yeah, because uh, Lockie Neil was legitimately on 92 or 94 at half time, mm-hmm. and he finished the game on 104. I That's really, ridiculous. It's incredible the job he did, and given Colton won. I really could see a scenario where Ed Kerno is the perfect buy low target right mm-hmm. now. And if you're looking at AFL fantasy, this is someone I would really be monitoring because he's he's dirt cheap and I believe he's a forward also. So is Ed Kerno a forward I, in Surely in he fantasy? got it, right? Like I'm I'm just I, I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't even bothered to look Let at me Ed Kerno but... on the spot right now. Like he's been playing forward. He got it in Ultimate Footy, I'm aware. Yeah, he is a forward. Okay. Well, and s- he's priced at five seventy five, so he's really cheap. My suggestion would be wait and see what happens next week and if he has another monster score, then maybe look at him after his bye. But yeah, I'm I'm still not keen because it's Ed Kerno. I just don't know how to feel. Uh, we'll move on to the Lions, which, uh, which again, we, we quickly mentioned Lockie Neal. 104 was a good score at the end from him, but you'd be left underwhelmed considering how his start. 92 at half time. That was ridiculous. Um, and yeah, Ed Kernan just did a great job. And if you owned Hugh McCluggage in a keeper league, you'd be absolutely frothing over He's some of He's one of those guys, efforts. take him a few rounds earlier that mm-hmm. we were just talking about, like, He's going to be an absolute stud yeah. for such a long time. Yeah, another another one is our Jared Berry. I would suggest taking a little bit earlier than his average suggests in a startup keeper league. Um, and you know, there's not too much else to mention actually from the Lions this game. They were very poor fantasy wise. Their next best score was Daniel Rich with an 83, and then it's all sub 80s below there. Yeah, one guy I want to give a shout out to mm-hmm. is Alex Witherden. Oh uh, um, yeah, he's well. He's... You're gone. You're gone. <laughs> You're gone, and I will not miss you. <laughs> 76, and he had to work to get to that 76. This is the most satisfying trade-out I will have all year, 100%. <laughs> all right, we'll move on to the next game of the round. Gold Coast versus North Melbourne. Um, geez, Jack Zebel back in the centre, 145 from him. Absolutely smashed it. Keep in mind, this is against Gold Coast people. Um he did have another big score earlier in the season when he played in the midfield. He's not going to be doing that every single week, but considering Higgins' injury, yeah. I'd say that he's definitely back in the midfield permanently. Well, for six weeks or however long Higgins yeah. is out at least. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, and, and also the fact that they've got the new coach who seems to be playing him in the midfield. He hasn't once, Reshaw hasn't played Zebel up forward in a permanent role since he's been coach. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's good form to go on. So I'd be super happy bringing Jack Zebel into your side. After the buy, still. Yep, agreed. I, you're going to miss another 40k it by not sucks. getting him this week, which sucks. I'm in that situation. I still think you have to wait. Mm. I mean, I uh, just to uh, pat myself on the back here and, and Matt a little bit as well. Just shout out to Matt over in Milan. Uh, we, we luckily brought him in when he was about 530k or some stupid price. 
Uh, and then he came in for that, you know, six or oh, 140 and then got a, a sub 50 score the next week. So you've got to ride the ride sometimes. But yeah, it's just not that time before his buy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't suggest that it help. Um, Jared Pollock was spectacular for draft owners. That was great to see. And then some good scores from some lesser known guys like Kane Turner, Jai Simpkin with an 84. Uh, Trent Dumont's been pretty consistent That's this really year. That's really strange that you glossed over one of those other lesser guys. Who had a really yeah, good I know. Score. I noticed that. Yeah, you know Mason what I Wood. My Mason Wood. Yeah, I'll mention that quickly. So Mason Wood scored a 92. That was fantastic from Mason, and he was one of your risk it for the biscuit picks last week as a forward. Yep. In the game, in the scoring, you get two points for that. So Matt is getting an additional two points to his score because you're subbing in for him. So <laughs> I guess I guess he'll be happy. Do I get like my name engraved in the trophy? You probably like should to be. There's no bloody trophy. Matt's, Matt owes me three years worth of trophies or two years worth so of trophies. He has enough money to get to Milan and you know Sicily and and, and not to buy my damn trophies. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll have a word with him when he gets back. Uh, and my risk it for the biscuit hit pick Cam Zerha. Not so much, unfortunately, with a 62. So there's no point I also had Nick Holman in this game, who... 59, so yeah. We yeah. both had an underwhelming one. So. Yeah, not the best there. So um, one of the players that I expected to do a little bit better that didn't was Luke Davis-Uniak. He seemed to be... He was played in the midfield, but just couldn't get his hands on the ball 17 much. 17 centre-bounce attendances. Yeah. So the role is right. He, it'll, he'll come into some form, I think. And he had a good... A couple of games the last two weeks. So, um, yeah, for owners in deep keeper leagues uh, or dynasty leagues, just hold the faith with Luke Davis Uniaki. Someone might come up to you soon with a uh, you know a cheap pitch to try and get him uh, get a trade out of you. I would be holding the faith with him. Yeah, but I just the scores are so bad. They are. That's why it's <laughs> got to be a deep league. This has got to be a real stash with LDU. So if you don't have a stashable spot in your side, don't keep him, obviously. But if you do, I think he's worth a stash because he's got some upside. Uh, we'll move on to the Gold Coast Suns quickly. Will Brody. Where did 142 come from from Will Brody? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Like we all, I think a lot of us have always rated Will Brody as a fantasy scorer. But this is this is another level. This is stupid. There's going to be some people rushing out to their waiver wires in keepers. If he's not owned in any leagues, he will be snapped up this week. Guaranteed. How do you feel about Braden Fiorini no longer being the best midfielder on Gold Coast's team? I think that's a big call to make <laughs> after one good game. Uh, and Braden Fiorini still got to 107, so he yeah. still has the ability to score when someone else is dominating. So it doesn't just have to be him. You always find a way to put a positive spin mate, on your players. Mate, <laughs> this makes me even happier, to be honest. If he had gotten an 80 uh, while Will Brody dominated, yeah. that would make me a little bit, oh no, what, what if they trade in someone who's quite good at some stage? Sure, sure. You know, will that affect his scoring, but he's still got the ability to rack it up when someone yeah. else is doing better. But seriously, on Will Brody, is he a redraft option rest no. of the year? No. Oh, because Jack Bowes is out for about eight. I he believe. is. He is, and it looked like he had found the right role, or he had Stewie a fantastic had role. just put him in the center and said, "Do your thing." One thing to note with the role, um, who took Miller had twenty-eight. That's probably his lowest score just about ever. Yeah, and he ha- attended no centre bounces. Not a single one. So he did... I heard someone say he had a minor injury, though. So mm. um, that may have factored into that because obviously they really value Took Miller. Um, I'd he, really he played in the forward pocket. Role. It was weird, yeah. So if he's playing forward pocket again next week, 
Um, I'd, I'd be really worried if I was a took me a lot. Absolutely. Um, but th- Will Brody, let's see how he does when they split those centre balance attendances mm. a bit more because I would expect Miller to be back in there this week. Yeah. Uh, for anyone out there considering the uh, little juggle this week, if you own both Grundy and Gorn in salary cap leagues, a lot of people might be thinking, right, I'll, I'll get wits in for one week, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, just a, a one-week thing, uh, get the score from him, because I'll be missing both Grundy and Gorn, and then I'll trade Gorn and Grundy back in the next yeah. week. Don't do it. That's, just that's a really... Yeah, risky, like you don't know what injuries are going to come up, or... Um, players not playing in round no. 14. It's just a bad decision. I know a lot of people are talking, you know, just throwing the idea up, mm-hmm. but no, it's it's just a poor idea. If, if you want to, if you're desperate to do that idea, let's say you have nothing else to do, <laughs> um, you, you want to bring in a round 12 um, person, so that way you can hold them for two weeks. You're not having to trade them straight yeah. back out. Yeah. The, the only option there is Rowan Marshall. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is... You can move him to the forward line after. He could actually be an F, your, your sixth forward for the year. Gotcha. Averaging over 90. You get him in, and then you can actually move him to the forward so you're not wasting and trades to get him back And bring out. the other Ruckman in the other week. That's not the worst scenario. However, I think with the amount of forwards we mentioned earlier that you Agreed. do have, that I think there are better options in the forward line. So I would just be holding Grundy and Gorn. Absolutely. There's, there's no question about that. They're too, too good. Yeah. Um and it's going to be too hard to bring him back in. We'll go to the next game of the round, the last game on Saturday night, which was uh, GWS versus uh, GWS, I should say, versus the Crows. Um, Great game, yeah, Best really game good game, absolutely fantastic. And on the Crows side of the ledger, the Crouch brothers both cracking the ton. Matt Crouch was a great comeback for him, 117. So rewarded those coaches that held him and held him and held him. <laughs> <laughs> so they, it was one week did turn into three weeks really yeah. quickly. Um, Wayne Miller. 103 from him, and he was playing in the middle. He's becoming a bit of Mr. Fix-It. He's, yeah. he's from come back from injury and played the first two games as a half-forward flanker pushing mm. up the ground. Then in this game, he's actually started to attend a lot of center bounces. Yeah. So it's really interesting that they have the time to put Miller in center bounces mm. and Bryce Gibbs can't make the team because yeah. um, they got so many midfield options. Like Greenwood didn't attend any, so... I don't know if that says they really rate Miller as a as a midfielder. Not something I would have expected. Mm-hmm. But if you have Miller and this continues, he could sneak into top six calculations yeah. as a very, very unique point of difference. Absolutely. And uh, we know what most of the other crows will give you week to week. But the one I just want to go all the way down to is Brody Smith with 38. Mm-hmm. Now, he was receiving a bit of attention from Isaac Cumming at various points in the game and a couple of others. both. Oh my if God. you owned them both, it was so frustrating. You would be so pissed off. And there would be a lot of coaches out there who owned both this yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's an unusual situation. The last time I can remember it happening was um, when Will Setterfield went on to Tom Rockcliffe earlier oh, yeah. in the year. Rocky was on track <laughs> for like a 160 again. And Setterfield shut him right down. So it's so frustrating to see, but there was a bit of humor in it. At yeah. Least. yeah, so Brody with a 38 look. I think unless you have a ridiculous amount of players already on the park this week. So mm. if you have 20 players on the park already with a trade left over, mm. would you feel safe trading Brody Smith this week for a round 12 player? I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, like You know how we spoke about like Crips or mm. last week? I, re- I didn't like that at all, given he had to buy two weeks from now. Yeah. I have no problem moving out anyone who's not in the top six at their position 
and they have a buy coming up. You as can as justify do, that. As me. long as you're doing it for a round twelve player for me, someone sorry, that's yes. got someone that's going to play both of the next games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't have an issue with that either because look, that was a rubbish score. He's yeah. going to lose a lot of cash this week um, because of that because his break even has reset Brody Smith and yeah. he is or still five hundred and seventy k. So I think you'll have a really good game this week though. Um, they're playing Richmond, who've just been leaking scores. And they've been leaking they've... scores to halfbacks as well. Yeah, so... so and they've got so many injuries. I, I really think Brody Smith could come back with a ninety this week. So interesting. I would be holding him and then taking like a 15k loss. It's not yeah. that big a deal to me. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, so GWS, uh, Tim Taranto was massive in this game. So was Josh Kelly. So they would have been both great uh, fantasy captain choices. Uh, a lot of people out there trying to figure out who was the best last week. And those two were guns. Heath Shaw has been surprisingly good on the past few weeks. He's done this for a while now, yeah. I, th- I don't know if it's the fact that Whitfield was out and then Williams was out. So mm. he like... They, they keep overlapping. Exactly, so they do. I think that might be why his scores have had that huge uptick. Mm-hmm. I'd be a bit mindful of it, but gee, he's he's scoring well. Like yeah. so, yeah, you couldn't do it in fantasy, but really good mm-hmm. draft guy to have. Yep, uh, I love the fact that a lot of people on Twitter was really, really pissed off with Stephen Cornelio's ninety. Like a ninety isn't a great score. But it's not a horrifying score. Like, it's not that bad. If people are expecting 192 from Cogs every week, it's just not going to happen. I mean, he was playing Gold Coast, remember, guys? So, yeah, it's it's going to be a much better game for him next week, I would suggest. Adelaide, Richmond don't tag. No, they don't. Adelaide are a quality team. Like, they played top four kind of football this game. It's not saying they're a top four team, mm-hmm. but that's the quality of game they brought. So They've got good defensive game as well. Matt definitely. Crouch is a very good... Uh, oh, he's a big-bodied player who can really stop another the opposition getting the ball. Uh, Camelis Yolman looks after players at the centre bounces as well. So they, even though they don't have a hard tagger, I wouldn't yeah. say they've got those big bodies in the centre that make it hard for you to get clearances. Definitely. If Keneally is playing forward, then worry. But yeah. until that, don't. But no, he was playing just up in the middle and then just resting up forward. That, that's his best role. Exactly. Uh, it's great for fantasy. Um, and there's not too many others I want to bring up. We've already spoke about coming. Uh, Finlayson had a terrible, terrible yeah, game for did. draft owners. Does coming hold his spot? Yeah, I think he holds it this week. And then after the bye, probably not. I think, yeah, I think nice he, for mine, but I hope he gets through. I think he played enough of a role this week. Uh, the he fact, took Brody Smith out of it. The so. fact that there was a late out in this game and uh, Haightley didn't come in was just confusing it. <laughs> like, yeah, really I weird. I really like Jackson Haightley. I, I think everyone in the competition knows is, how good he is. It, it's really fraught. I wonder what it is at this point. I think they've just got too many good midfielders and he's only a midfielder. I, like He can play a little bit off the half-forward flag, yeah, but sure. they don't really need help there. It's their defence that have taken some injuries. Yeah. And I don't think that he has the ability to play halfback. Um, he's just a center, center clearance midfielder. That's what his. I mean, we role had a, this was one of the not arguments, but a discussion we really had in the preseason mm. about Jackson Haitley and you know his fantasy value in a keeper league. That does worry me. I don't like guys who don't have that versatility and have mm. to play a set role to be good. But his scoring potential is enormous. So his points per minute are like off the chart for someone of his age as the, well. The so th- it's him. It, it, Walsh is obviously streets ahead, but then uh, the next one back in the pack for me of that age is Haley. Well, you know? that'll be really interesting because we do, in the second part of this podcast, have a bit <laughs> of a uh, top 10 we're going to do for the first year players. Yeah. But 
Yeah, Haley will be a, definitely a point of discussion, I can yep. already tell. So uh, We'll move on to the next game of the round, the sun, the only Sunday game which was really annoying. I I, I know they can... They, they've It's the buys, but yep. and they've got a Monday game, but geez, one game on Sunday just sucks. Can you somehow do it so there's two on Saturday and two on Sunday? Like, I, I would have thought so. But it seems to be more logical yeah, to me. The, but... the AFL... Um, fixturing people aren't exactly the best. So Especially, we'll move on. We'll move yeah. on. Um, so West Coast versus Sydney. West Coast can't win at the SCG. So um, if anyone actually penciled them in for a win, that was a, a poor decision. Because Yeah, yeah. Who would have done that? Uh, no, no. I, I did tip Sydney. And I tipped West Coast. Yeah. Oh, no. We, we just cannot play. I'm a West Coast fan. I know we can't play the SCG. Haven't won since 1999. And Yo and Hearn out is just too much. So... Uh, on the Sydney side of the ledger, they had about eight people break the ton and then a couple more in the 90s. So it was a huge game for them. Jake Lloyd with 149. Another massive score from a premium this week. Yeah, this was... He saved my week. Oh, I was... captained him. So mm-hmm. thank you so oh, much, Jake mate, Lloyd. Great choice. <laughs> uh, Dane Rampey with 130 was huge for draft owners. Papa... He's had three massive scores in a row. Yeah, he's, he's been big. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. <laughs> no clue. He's, he's playing easier teams. That, Sydney have also been good the past three Sydney, weeks all of a sudden. When, once they've been good, they've been chipping around in the back half a mm. lot. So and that's they... kind of the style that... They took it right up to Geelong for three quarters as well at yeah. Geelong's home ground. So yeah. um, that was a good effort. West Coast couldn't get the ball off Sydney in that initial no. part of the game. So maybe this is a game plan thing that sh- which could continue, mm-hmm. which could give value to Rampy and Aaliyah and guys like that. Papa Papley as well, playing a lot of time in the midfield as well as up forward. I mean, yes, he scored five goals in his 122, but he was spending a lot of time on a wing and at centre bounces as well. So he's an interesting one to watch. Uh, Luke Parker keeps the streak going. That's another 110-plus score for him. And he's been great over the past almost month and a half. Yeah. So I still... I can't look at him in salary cap. I just can't no, no. physically bring JPK, myself to do it. JPK being out is factoring into that too, I think. 100%. Um, Isaac Heaney was good this week for 114, but don't look at that. That's This is an absolute smashing by the Swans. That's not going to happen every week. They're not... I, I don't... Everyone seems to talk about this new brand all of a sudden and they've, they've got new tactics and they've got... They've done this, they've changed this, they're a completely different team. I don't think so. They've gone on a good run and they've played some teams who haven't really put up as much of a fight. Like, I again, they took it up to Geelong a couple of weeks ago, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I mean, they were woeful at the start of the season, so I wouldn't be bringing in Heaney on the back of this score. No, I wouldn't be either, but he's coming he comes into my consideration as like a watch list guy mm. because if you see a couple of these scores, you know his talent, yeah. you know his low price, it could be, you know, something mm. that a point of difference, put you ahead of the pack. Yeah. I mean, even uh Ryan Clark scored an 86 in this game, so you know it's bad. You know it's bad. <laughs> I'm glad that you can finally see that. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll move on to the West Coast side. Uh Jack Redden was the only player to break the ton. I mean, they could barely touch the ball, like you said. This is just a, an awful game for them. Guaranteed that they bounced back the yeah. following week. Uh, interesting, Andrew Gaff was uh, kept to 91. Who was looking after him? It was Ryan Clark. That Ryan was it. Clark, yeah. So the fact that he got to 91 with a hard tag on him, it's not a bad effort by Gaff. And, and this is the worst, I would say, ground in the league for Gaff to play on. Oh, there's no somewhat... space for him to run. Exactly. I think this... If you had have told me what would be Gaff's worst game for the year, this is the situation which yep. I would have thought it might be. So I wouldn't worry at all if mm. you own him. Hard He's tag. He's an option going uh, ahead. Absolutely. So. Hard tag on a small ground. Look, and yeah, there's just no issue with it. And still, 91's a good score. It's yeah. not awful. 
Um, but yeah, there's not really much else to bring up from the West Coast side there's of things. There's no relevance. West Coast have become that fantasy relevance. They are, yeah. They've yeah, got about yeah. four or five guys maybe at the top of the list. So guys like uh, Gaff, obviously, Sheed, Hearn, Yo. Those guys are very fantasy relevant. And then there's just not it's much done depth. Again. It's, it's done it again. It's done it again. The ghost laptop. <laughs> what's, it, what's it advertising? I don't know. <laughs> I feel, I feel like you can How probably turn never the, had this problem ever yeah, I feel but, like you can probably turn the volume off that's you know, the only solution that's a really rational rational thought that oh, I didn't have God. the first time I love it that was so violent and loud as well. <laughs> it came out of nowhere alright alright we'll get on to the last game of the round because I feel like we need to head into the break um, that was the Queen's birthday game finished a couple of Did hours you watch ago this? No, I was working. I was working too. So no, we, we aren't qualified to talk about this yeah, game whatsoever. I, I did have the um, uh, the radio on in the background, so I was listening to a fair bit of it, and uh, and they did go through the uh, the tactics and that quite a bit. Um, Collingwood got... I mean, they were just too good for the whole game. Demons got close in the, the last quarter, but it wasn't close enough. And Trelaw was dominant with 124. He was fantastic. Stevenson, he's really good Stevenson he is going to be fantasy gold for keeper owners um, and draft league owners are going to have to keep an eye on him in uh, in years to come well, as well he's already someone he's probably very, like an F3 very he's startable in draft leagues easily he's an every week starter yeah I think so yeah uh, Will Hoskin Elliott had a good game and that's his best for the year yeah. so if he is available you've got to pick him up now right mm-hmm. like, yeah absolutely uh, Steel Sidebottom was good as well uh, and then yeah so it's just the usual hitters Bra- uh, Bra- Braden or Brandon Seer Braden Braden Seer he, he came back in this week and again 95 we know what he can do when he's on the park does he hold his spot with Taylor Adams coming back in he should he deserves to but they've got a lot of midfielders I believe with Beams out yeah. I think Sire Sia holds. Holds, yeah. What do you think? I'm I'm not sure. I think he doesn't because who else have they got? So obviously Josh Thomas plays more forward uh than yep. he does pure midfielder and they'll want that. Uh obviously to go there's no chance. Callum Brown has still got He's the, been way too good. He has been incredibly good. Um geez. Some of the other players, depth, Main holds his spot. He's yep. been too good. Aish is more of a defender, holds his spot. Phillips is a wingman and holds his spot. I honestly think that Sire does lose his spot on the side when Adams comes back in because there's no one else I can see that would go out. extremely stiff. Like, it would be a foot soldier like a Greenwood or an Aish. Like Greenwood's been playing player. a fair bit in defense, And though. he's been very good at it. I, I don't think he moves, but... It would be very hard to drop Sire. This after is the that exact same issue as we talked about with Haitley moments ago. So, Braden Sia is a pure midfielder. He can't really play in other roles. Very and true. he's incredibly good as a midfielder as well. But Collingwood just have so many of them. So, when Adams comes back in, I think that he's going to lose his spot. So, I wouldn't be rushing to the waiver wires to pick him up. Maybe for. Uh, this one game or a couple of games uh, but when Adams is fit again just watch out um, well, he, they've got the bye this week so yeah. and Adams might be Adams back, after be back, back after that after I, I, I kind of foresee a situation where even if he does hold his spot he won't get as much mid-time as a result mm. of the Adams inclusion and then he won't be effective enough and will lose his spot anyway so like even if it doesn't happen this week I think, think it happens the following if yeah. that makes sense yeah. so I, I get you he's a no-win situation for you yeah, it's awful um, uh, Grundy versus Gorn uh, Gorn just blew Grundy out of the water fantasy-wise didn't he uh, yeah. 148 to 95 
Grundy still had a massive impact on the game. It's just Gorn's disposal numbers. He had about 35 or 34 disposals. It was ridiculous. Keep in mind, Grundy was underdone. We knew that going into That's the week. That's true. Yeah. So maybe that played a factor, but... We know Gorn's a fantastic ruckman. Yeah. These are the two best. You just need those it. two. That's, there's if, no question. If you're down 10% in this game, like you, you can't afford to do that. Yeah. The other person will completely capitalize. So, um, yeah, they, at least we own them both in fantasy, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, do you own them in fantasy? Oh, I hope you do. Like. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, some of the other Demons players there. Andrew, oh, Angus Brayshaw, I should say, came back into form. We have a lot of questions on Gus Brayshaw. Yeah, we do, actually. So... Let's we'll uh, let's hold that until the question segment in the second part of the podcast. Harm, Salem, they were both incredibly good, as well as Oliver with a 98 was solid enough. Fritch, 97. Yeah, his best game probably for the year, I oh, think. Oh, he's been awful this year. He's been getting yeah. 40s, 50s, low 60s at best. He's been worse last year, yeah. Um, I, I need to see another week. Yeah, before, he, before he's I... kind of like a speculative pickup. If you have DPP changes, he'd already be a back, I believe. Yeah. If he's a mid only in your ultimate footy league or fantasy draft, then like he's irrelevant. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Oscar Baker put in a solid effort for a seventy six, really which was great. Rookie. He looks great every week. Mm. And same with Marty Hoare as well with a seventy one was solid. He could have got a bigger score. He was on fifty one at half time. But uh, the demons actually started to kick away a little bit, so less time with the ball in their back line. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think there's too many others I want to touch on from Melbourne unless there's anyone that you've no, the, got your eye on. There is him, but I'll mention Tom McDonald anyway. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he would have been dropped to a lot of waiver wires in redraft, in keepers, whatever that may be. Is there any point in picking him up in the Ether League? Nope, he looks awful. He looks genuinely awful. Even as a stash? No, I... I well, alright, he did well last year, but it's just the... the pure fact that Hogan has gone out of the side that seems to be the big thing obviously Melbourne are in poor form as well but the role is not suiting him as number one forward but keep in mind Tom McDonald actually was so good last year after Hogan had gone down for the year with his Mm. injury so I I don't understand it at all Melbourne have been poultry this year but yeah yeah, I wouldn't pick him up either I don't have an interest but he could be one of those guys if you have nothing else to do and Mm -hmm. you just want a complete lottery ticket he's your guy absolutely all right so we're going to pause there break the podcast up into two we'll be back in the next part with your questions from twitter we're going to be going over some of the top draftees from last year after a question from one of our listeners and obviously we'll be playing our favorite game risk it for the biscuit where we pick the eyes out of your waiver list for some gems that might be laying in there uh, just a little quick note there aren't many yeah you said our favourite game but it's quickly become my least favourite game after looking at the options this week so make sure you join us for part two of the podcast everyone <laughs>